Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yeah, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh... What's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? Jelani Brown. Back with another episode of What the Game Means to Me. Um, it's in my first episode. Last week was my first one, but this week is my first episode of my Atlanta Falcons getting on um, talk about the previous week's game, my Falcons, a few other NFL teams, and this is my thought, you know, project my team to still be doing after each week. And um, yeah, we're gonna get into it. Hope you guys like my graphics. I'm getting to I'm getting into the story about the graphics. I try to, you know, spice it up and do a whole bunch of good, nice little things for them and they go in, you know, shit one away, excuse my language, shit one away on Sunday. And uh, I'm gonna have a special guest on with my for uh my cowboy fans, Mo Cheese, my uh my guy. Off the ball network, uh, he'll probably come on and give me a little bit of shit. So before that happens, I'll be able to get into my spiel, everything that I saw, what I thought um, about the game, and you know, as you guys see right here, we'll go through a few of the highlight plays. I'll talk to him and see, you know, what his feelings was like throughout the game and how he felt, you know, obviously towards the end, you know, everything that went happened, went on, and what happened. Um, but I'm gonna start out with what I talked about a little bit last week. I messed up on my show and I had to restart it, but I'm gonna talk about. Three key things that I thought we had to focus in on, you know, coming into Sunday when we uh, faced Dallas. Um, the first one was, they pretty much, you know, when I, you know, surveyed and looked at them, they're they're just like us. Um, young defense, explosive offense, you know, um, got two highly talented backs, got two very capable quarterbacks, have a tandem of receivers that can go off at any moment in time. So um, I, that's the first thing I was like, we're pretty much facing a team like us. But the thing and difference was that they, during their first week, they had a lot of injuries. Like uh, Vander Esch, their uh, starting linebacker, injured. They're starting uh, tight end, I think, Jarwin, injured. Like they had a key, a lot of key injuries to key guys that were supposed to contribute this year for them. And unfortunately, we came out of week one pretty healthy. So I was like, we got to win the, that matchup. They're going to have backups in. Um, we're pretty healthy. Probably jinked us, jinked us because we had a lot of starters and you know key key role players go out as well on um, Sunday. But I was like, if we win that battle, um, we should be good. They also have a young secondary, like I said. So if we take advantage of that, you know, start throwing in the air, but also control the game with our ground game, we should be fine. We should come out and able to win easily. I couldn't have asked for a more perfect start from a Falcons team, like ever. I don't think I've ever seen a more perfect start for them. They. The Dallas basically fumbled the ball five times in the span of maybe four or five minutes. We only recovered three of them. But forcing five fumbles and recovering three in the first quarter and being up, what, what were we up, 20-0 in the first quarter, I could not have asked for a better start at all, like, whatsoever. Like, there's nothing more I could have asked for the team on both sides. The only thing was, of course, and I'll get into it later, was offense not converting all the time when we had those short fields. We converted and got field goals out of it. But if we'd had touchdown, touchdown, touchdowns after it, just like Seattle did when we was going for it on fourth downs the week prior, then it wouldn't have even been a competition. It wouldn't have been a story. This wouldn't even happen. But it shouldn't even happen to begin with, regardless if we were scoring field goals or we were scoring touchdowns. And, you know, like I said, the highlights will show why. But being a Falcons fan, you always know, you know, the joke now is, you know, no lead is safe ever. No lead is safe. But, the feeling, I don't know. The difference, I had a different feeling with, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, our 28-3 collapse. I had a different feeling about that. I don't know if it's just because my stepdad, either Patriots fan who was watching the game together or if it's just, you know, the greatness or whatever of Tom Brady or what the case may be. But that that game, I had a, a different feeling. I always talk about it when I talk about, you know, that 28-3, people bring it up. I always say there was one specific instance in that game to where I knew we was going to lose, and we were still up 28-3. 2810, something like that. And it was just a random play, like something crazy that I think uh, um, it wasn't even, it wasn't the catch off of the foot 
for Elden, man. It wasn't anything like spectacular that you might remember from Tupo. It was just one little instance. I think a linebacker, Levante Campbell, like missed a tackle or something. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's going to lose this game. They'll come back and win. Um, so that's, that's, like I said, it's never a safe lead when you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. And, you know, we've learned that over the course of four years. Even though we've only lost like three games in this sort of fashion within, you know, last you know, 10, 15 years, but still. All right, I'm bringing my guy Mo. Talk his shit. Let me see this here. What's going on, Mo? You hear me? Yeah, am I coming in a little choppy still? No, nah, you're good. You're perfect now, bro. All good. On you. Uh, yeah, I was listening. I was listening to your spill about the Falcons. Yeah, of course. I know. What's up, uh, this, this is my guy Mo. You know, my off the ball network brother. I'm um, coming in. Cowboys fan I had to get his, you know, thoughts and opinions, and you know how he felt just over the course of the game as everything was unfolding. But this is actually our first uh, podcast together. We normally, you know, do it with other guys. But yeah. um, it's interesting that this is the first one that we're going to do together. But, you know, <laughs> I'm going to let him introduce himself, you know, his podcast. And then, of course, you know, talk a little bit about how he was feeling over the course of the game. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jelani for having me. All I'm going to say is hopefully the connection stays so I could be on here for a second. I uh, appreciate you for having me. Like he said, we're on the Off the Ball Network together. Um, I'm the VP. I also have my own podcast, Up in Flames. Wrote an article for the network already, kind of working on expanding, working, things like that. But, you know, don't want to talk too much for myself. I want to talk about this game that that gave me all different types of emotions, bro. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I didn't think – I'm going to be honest. When y'all were up 20-0, to I know Falcons – Like I was actually watching it with one of my guys, big Falcons mm-hmm. fan, bro, from Georgia – and he was like, man, we're going to blow this lead. I said, no. I was like, if there's anything worse than being doing some Atlanta things, it's doing some Cowboys things, which sense. means we're just going to go out there and get blown out the water. And even still, when we came back, that onside kick was ridiculous. Should have never happened. Somebody needs never. to get fired, kicked off the team, yeah. something. We'll definitely, we'll get into that for sure. Like, oh, my God. It's crazy. But I even still, I even still thought, I was like, it'll be the Cowboys thing to get us right there to miss the field goal. Like mm-hmm. that, that was kind of my thought was like, I was like, we're going to miss the field goal. We got it right there. We got, we got lucky enough to get the onside kick. Nobody gets onside kicks anymore. So for nah. us to get the onside kick, I was like, okay, this CD lamp dude slipped in coverage and mm-hmm. CD lamb caught that pass. I said, Oh man, it's set up. It's set up big time for us. To, oh, I was thinking I mean? it was a push off and he tried to sell it, but I was like, I did man. too. For a second, I thought I'm like, there's no way CD lamb was just that wide open. That wide in a open crucial yeah. moment. But he just slipped. Yeah, things yeah. happen. Like, I don't blame that guy for slipping in coverage. Yeah, things no, happen. Even come, yeah, it don't come down to that. It wasn't even that. It came down to at all. Yeah, that's the normal part. Like, that's the normal part of the game, bro, is is slipping mm-hmm. in coverage. But that onside kick, dude went and did a little basketball box out on the onside kick. <laughs> I was like, bro, like, what? what? I, I think he thought he had – he must have thought he had to wait 10 yards. That's my assumption. He yeah, that's, that's what everybody's saying, yards, too. That's what everybody's saying. Well, we get into that because that's definitely, you know, discussion point. Probably what's going to take most of our time up. Um, I wanted to, you know, talk about the first part of the game was, of course, I, I messaged you in a little group message. I was like, damn, y'all can't hold on to the ball at all. Like, y'all fumbled, I said it earlier, but fumbled like five times in the span of five minutes. We only recovered three of them, I want to say. But I was like, all right, can't ask for a more perfect start at all. Like, whatsoever. We fumbled, we're on our side of the field or on your side of the field driving few of them we got a touchdown i think maybe one other two was field goals but kind of like what like you said what were you kind of thinking like when everybody was fumbling the ball like you know elliot fumbled didn't expect him to do i think Dak fumbled um your tight end i forgot the back end backup tight end's name he fumbled schultz, i was like yeah. what's going on why can't, yeah schultz yeah i was like why can't no one hold on to the ball bro i'm gonna be honest watching that and watching them just let go of the ball i said okay because yeah. to me it to me it was an even matchup atlanta and Dallas was an even matchup to me. It could have went 50-50. I hesitated betting on the game with homeboys because I'm like, it's a toss-up. I think it's an even match team. Very strong offense. Mm-hmm. Two very strong offenses. To me, two very weak yep. defenses. And that, and that showed in that exactly. game. Like, so that was my biggest thing was like, this is, we're, we're very even with Atlanta. I hold Atlanta to a higher standard than a lot of other people. Like, to me, they've been disappointing, but I always expect them to be better. I mean, their offense is crazy. You got Julio. Now you got Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Smith, the backup running back, is nice. Calvin Ridley is ridiculous. Like, Matt Ryan isn't a bum at all. I've always been a fan of Matt Ryan and what he does. So I felt like it was an evenly matched up team. Like, all right, we're going to very high scoring, two bad defenses, two really good offenses going at it. Point for point, you know, touchdown for touchdown, field goal for field goal. That mm-hmm. was the assumption. And when we giving up the ball, like just handing them the ball, that, that should it should have never came down. It should have been a shootout the whole game. That game should have been a shootout the whole game. Pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I said it in the beginning. Two weak defenses, two young defenses, and two very, very strong offenses capable of, you know, putting up as many points as they did put up. I was saying um last week when I kind of did the show, I messed up on it, but I was like the edge that we have or what we should have took advantage of was I know you guys had a lot of week one um injuries to key guys and key positions like Vander Esch, linebacker was out, um Jarwin, you know, you're starting tight end, you got hurt. Um a few other people got hurt. And then you guys you had your starting tackles out as well. So I was like, all right, we should be able to rush the passer. We should be able to, you know, get to the quarterback, get to Dak. And in the beginning we was able to um Tack was Tack had a good game. Tack had a great game actually. What's up my guy uh Ryan, as fans, we deserve to be upset. However, we should be worried about the season this early. I mean, no. I agree with no. you. Like I said, I, I, it, it was like, I, it's 14 other more games. But, you know, this is one if we miss the game, you know, miss the playoffs by a game, we're going to look back at it and it's like, that's the one. Like, that's the one we should have had, you know, starting off one so, and one. But, so, with that whole game, can I just ask you a question real quick? Yeah, what? ask me, of course. What play stood out to you the most? What play really came down to why y'all lost that game? Honestly, I guess my feeling throughout the whole thing, like this one, I had a different feeling about this one versus, of course, like 28-3. 28-3, I knew for a fact. I had some type of inkling we were going to lose the game. I just knew it was just too good to be true how everything was playing out. This one, I didn't have that feeling. I was like, all right, we should be able to close it out. Even when y'all started to creep back in, like, cause it was slowly happening. Like we was making field goals or, you know, we was having good drives, but it was stall out. And then you guys start, you know, scoring touchdowns. You guys had like two quick touchdowns, I think within like four or five minutes. So yeah. I was like, all right, we still, we still got it. It's like 39 to 24. Like it should still be all right. We should still have, even though y'all scored another touchdown as well. But I think the plays that get me upset and it really, it's really not anybody's fault, but you know, the ones I'm just like, wow, why not was. You know, the trick play with Julio Jones, I felt like he should have caught it. I know he was dealing a little bit with a hamstring. He said it that part helped him. Not, not helped him, but, you know, affected him getting to the ball and catching it. But he was there. Like, he was like, it was there. I think it was just a constant position. He was there. So, like, that's when I wish we could have got back because that was easily touchdown. And then, even with that, we was going to go for it that next play. And I know we was going to get it for a fact. We was already either one for one or two for two on fourth downs. And they was actually making better fourth down play calls. This week than last week. So I was like, all right, we're going to go for it. We're only two yards away. We'll make it. We'll get it. We'll probably drive and either get a field goal out of it or a touchdown. Penalty. Killed us. I think we punted. So I'm just like, all right, those those two things specifically what speaks out or, you know, is what I pointed to the most to where it's like we could have put the game away, even though the game should have been put away way earlier than that. Like I say, in the first quarter, we drive started to stall out and we had to kick field goals instead of, you know, actually going in and scoring touchdowns. We only scored, I think, maybe one touchdown out of the three fumbles we got. And if we just scored touchdowns from the beginning, you know, it was 20-0, you know, three touchdowns. What is that? That's 21. And then we scored a touchdown on our own. Twenty. It should have been like somewhere between like 28-0 first quarter. And then um, later on in the game, there was a few drives that we, you know, were driving. We ended, ended up getting, you know, field goals out of it as well. I think who, who had to have, I think, like four field goals. Regardless, but those those field goals could have turned into touchdowns. If they would have turned into touchdowns, the game would have been put away a long time ago. But as it shows, I said it too. I think I'm out of jinxed us. We had a lot of injuries, and especially on the defensive side. Ricardo Allen went out. Um, Tack, like I said, was having a good start to the game, got getting a lot of good pressure. He went out. Um, the linebacker that forced fumbles that played with Elliott uh, Luwakon, he went out. Um, who else went out? Somebody went. It was like four key defensive players that went out. But even with that, we had guys that came in and stepped up and played better. But it's just like, like I said, I never had that feeling. But as the game, you know, went on, obviously you saw it just kind of slipped. It just kind of, we just kind of gave it away. We didn't take advantage of the opportunities that were handed to us, you know, kicking field goals yeah. instead of scoring touchdowns. And, you know, obviously I don't know. Like, I don't know if it really was the defensive call. I didn't honestly, to be completely honest, I didn't focus too much on the defensive call. Cause like, even though you guys were creeping back, I was, you know, I still had the same concerns. Our secondary is very young and, you know, we was having key injuries, but, 
you know, I felt like you guys were eventually going to catch on. Y'all were going to score because y'all have a high opponent offense. Like, there was no way y'all weren't going to score eventually. But I yeah. never, like, really looked and see, like, like how, like, quickly you guys like, could come back. But that two-touchdown turnarounds really helped it. Um, I'm, I know I'm talking a little bit too much. I kind of like, what did you oh, see you from your end of it? That, the, the Julio play to me, like, yes, we you're always going to go back to the onside kick, of course, because that mm-hmm. was, like, the last effort of – Stopping us from coming back. Y'all recover it. We don't mm-hmm. win the game, obviously. But the Julio dropped touchdown pass to me when, when I watched it. I said, I watched the game with my guy. He's a Falcons fan. I said, bro, if for some odd reason we come back and we win this game, it's going to come down to that Julio drop. Julio mm-hmm. don't drop passes. That's one thing he doesn't do. He's not big on dropping passes. Him, Hopkins, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, those, those are guaranteed hands right there. Larry Fitzgerald for the longest, even to this day. Mm-hmm. Those are some guaranteed hands. I understand his hamstring. I even seen it on the route. He yeah. started limping a little bit. He did. Like, he he made that move Pulled and he up. limped yeah. a little bit. But it still dropped in his hand. So, I understand, mm-hmm. like, maybe his focus was on the hamstring for that second. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're Julio Jones. And, like, I know he doesn't hold that as an excuse to himself. I know he holds himself to a high standard. And I know probably after that game he was beating himself up about it. And yeah, he was playing hurt. We knew. He was limping off the field every other play. Like he, it got to a point where he was playing every other play. He was limping off the field. He was injured, and I said, you know, yeah. that had a lot to do. We didn't have a corner that could stop him. So, him having one mm-hmm. catch for five yards in the up to the four, point in the fourth quarter, like, come on, we yeah. ain't have a guy that could stop Julio. He was hurt, and I and I give him that, but he still played. He toughed it out. Sometimes just his presence mm-hmm. on the field kind of changes the way you play a defense because you'll be like, he's hurt, but you're not gonna put your worst corner on him because he might not be that exactly. hurt, you know. So. But him dropping that pass to me was like the biggest deal. And then even turning around and getting that penalty, what was it like fourth and three, maybe fourth and yeah, four? Yeah, like, it would have been like, like exactly. it was real close. So, and like you said, the play calling was great. Um, I, I kind of, Atlanta got a lot of guys. I don't really hate Atlanta. I don't have a reason to. Mm-hmm. Dallas don't have a beef with Atlanta. Uh, and they got a lot of stories. I like Julio. I like Todd Gurley. Like, I like the underdog thing where Todd mm-hmm. Gurley was considered great. Got the injury. Now he's washed up. Like, I like that he's kind of – he's looking really good in the Atlanta uniform. Um, mm-hmm. Of all the people that bounced around, Todd Gurley looks the most normal in a new uniform out of everybody that moved around. So – but, like, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with Atlanta. I just love that, you know, when my team beats a team, you know, that, that one of you guys love is just it's just nature to talk trash and kind of never live it down. You know, the first thing when we kept fumbling, dang, oh, y'all can't hold on to the ball – wasn't trash talk, but it was like, Jesus, you just going to hand. We literally was handing y'all the game. So, you know, and, and Dak nice said opinion. it. Dak said it at the end, you know, hey, we show resiliency. Yeah, but I think it was mm-hmm. more so luck and bad play calling and mistakes on mm-hmm. Atlanta side yeah. than it was the yeah. resiliency and toughness of Dallas. Because, I mean, you take away those fumbles, that game changes. Because there were points in time where Atlanta couldn't stop mm-hmm. us. From marching down the field, you take away our mistakes, and that game I think turns into a real mm-hmm. shootout. Like I think that's going point shootout, for point, yeah. and that's where we be talking about field goals mattered instead of a touchdown. That's where mm-hmm. you pick apart the little yeah. things. But I think we would have went point for point. I was thinking, you know, 35-34 kind of game. So the score didn't mm-hmm. shock me. It was just the way we got to the score that really surprised me. I mean, down twenty to zero, I figured it was over. Like we had beat ourselves up. We were turning over the ball. Like sometimes there's no coming back from that. So they did stay mentally tough. And I think Atlanta got a little lackadaisical. And and that's yep. what made the difference is we stayed in the game and Atlanta got a little lazy. Up 20-0, you're dominating Dallas. They gave you the ball four or five times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but but for Dak to have over 450 yards, three rushing touchdowns, mm-hmm. like he, he he had a great game. Zeke has some really big runs. I don't think he reached yep. over a hundred, but he has some key runs. Where he got some mm-hmm. first downs or gave us that on first down, you know, yep. got five six down. yards. So yeah, yeah. he he kind of he did his thing, bro. So I mean, I'm, I won't say I'm satisfied and proud of the Cowboys. I'm glad we won mm-hmm. that game, but I'm not gonna hold that game and say, yeah, that's gonna be the turnaround of our season. It's only week two. I don't want to yeah. judge a lot of teams, a lot of players based off the first two weeks. We all know the first four weeks are kind of. Get back in the game yep. mode. The, the real season yeah, exactly. starts after week four. So I don't exactly. want to hold too much weight on the Cowboys win. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan and probably all the Cowboys nation is going crazy and we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was, it was a, it wasn't a great win. It was a lucky win. Mm-hmm. Take it for what it is. We're one and one and one instead of being 0 and two. So 
I'll take that. I, I will accept it. But where there are a lot of flaws in that game, a lot. And from star players like Zeke, Dak, you know, y'all not supposed to be giving up the mm-hmm. ball. Like our star players are supposed to come in and clutch yeah. moments. We're not supposed to be losing because of your mistakes. So I get they do make mistakes. Nobody's going to have no fumbles, no interceptions. I understand that. But just to take yourself out of the game in the first quarter, especially Dak. Like, Dak, you want to be a $40 million quarterback. Yeah. You got to show us. And he, he ended up showing us that he was, you know, he yep. showed his toughness, thought he was going to be knocked out of the game with the concussion. But, you know, I'm not going to say I'm overall proud. I'm just glad we pulled out the W. That's that, that's exactly. where I'm at with Dallas this week is I'm glad we pulled out the W. Exactly. He spoke to a few things I wanted to touch on, too. Like, my guy, I already showed it earlier, Ryan, he was saying, you know, should we be so worried it's you know, 14 games left in the season? And I told you in the uh, little group message, I was like, this honestly – I might have honestly saved our season with this with this type of loss, and that might sound crazy and ridiculous, but I can, I'll definitely get into it later. I feel like y'all saved it because, like you said, we got lax a days ago, and throughout the rest of the game from that first quarter, you can kind of see it. Like Matt Ryan, obviously, you know, played up the par. He did everything he had to do. Like we, we're making history by being good. We li- literally the first team. I know everybody has seen it by now. First team to score thirty nine points, zero turnovers, and still lose a game. And then obviously we were y'all didn't lead. Not one second of the game. Like we're making history, yeah. and you know he's doing exactly what he needs to do. And one thing I forgot to say before you know you got on and everything, like the Falcon, like the, as a Falcon fan, I I can see like our Falcons fan, our fandom or our fans, they're not really fan. I don't even know really what to call them because like the easy thing is they just always love to point to Matt Ryan, say like it's his fault, it's his fault. Like he's like the like he's supposed to turn around and play defense. Like he's the one calling the plays on you know both sides of the ball. Like he's the one on hands team. Like he didn't do anything wrong. He hasn't. He didn't do anything wrong last week. He he didn't do anything wrong this week. Honestly, like he's played up the par. He's what top five, I think, and probably all, leading in all quarterback statistics yeah. and stuff. Like he's not. You know, there's nothing that he's had done wrong. Like this was solely. Honestly, this one was solely like a team type effort. Like yes, like play calling. I think what on offense. I think I said it last week, like, we're aggressive when we don't need to be, and we're not aggressive enough when we can be. Like, we could have had a lot more down-the-field shots. Like you said, y'all have a young secondary. Julio, whether he's healthy or not, like, he's always going to be a threat. Like you said, we never know if he's really, you know, that that injured. Calvin really is balling out. You see Russell Gates. We had three receivers go over 100 yards, like, like push the ball more downfield. And they're starting to, obviously, they're looking for a balanced offense. They want to hand, you know, Todd Gurley the ball. But it's like certain times, it's like they phase him out of the game. And, like, he'll be in, like, one or two series, and then you'll see our backup running backs in, like, the next two, three, four series. It's like you got to let him get some type of, you know, rhythm, like handing the ball and, like, run plays that's designed for him. Like, I know – I to me, honestly, he looks like a step slow. And I was looking at the, the, you know, the highlights last week when we played Seattle, and it was one specific run where he had a wide open hole. It was one-on-one with him and um Quit. Quadron Diggs or, you know, whatever his name. I forgot his first name. But Diggs for uh, Seattle. Diggs literally fell, slipped, was, like, back on his hand. If he had made one cut and, you know, hit the left, like, made one cut left, he would have been off and running. And, like I said, 2017, 2018, Gurley would have done that. But to me, he looked a little, like, a step slow. But it's not – I understand because they didn't have a proper offseason. They didn't have a proper, um, you know – OTAs and everything. They didn't have preseason games. So I'm like, I'm understanding that he's going to need for him probably like four, maybe even five weeks to get accustomed to our offense and, you know, just getting back out on the field in general. But right. like with us, their cutter just had, their cutters running him up the middle, like stretch, get some stretch zones going, get some toss sweeps going, get something going that one fits our offensive scheme because we don't really have power, you know, power alignment that's just going to, you know, bulldoze and he's going to be able to run, you know, dives all the time. Like we're a stretch, a stretch toss type team to where we got to get some things going, you know, for him. So it's like for me, I wish they won't wouldn't phase him out the game as much as they have been. And of course, like I said, take those shots down the field when you can, because like I said, we was facing a team just like us. We know they like your guys' defense was one like dealing with injuries, and y'all weren't even getting any y'all weren't getting any pressure. Like I thought y'all were gonna get a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan because like I said our line is still. You know, in the making, and y'all have you know a lot of good pass rushers. Everson Griffin, y'all Alden Smith has been playing great. You know, a lot of great pass rushers. So I thought y'all were gonna get pressure on us. It didn't happen like that. I think Matt Ryan maybe got sacked maybe once, maybe twice, and yeah. 
that means he had time to throw the ball, push it down the field. We got these receivers. So it's like that probably was a part of it too. Our offensive, you know, game plan, like you said, just got lax. One thing I want to say is my dad texted me too. My dad texted me after the game and I was like, I really didn't want to hear. I just like, I know my coach, I know my team, you know, I already could foretell this was going to happen. He was like, I knew they was going to do something dumb, but I didn't think they were going to do something that dumb. And I was like, they called a timeout before the onside kick even happened. So the whole time, like when they came out the timeout, I was like, you know what? They probably going to get this onside kick. I don't know what they talked about. I don't know why they called a timeout to begin with. It's like something y'all kind of should already know. Everything you kind of go, you know, go through through practice, everything situational type stuff. So I was like, when they called the timeout, I for sure knew that something dumb was going to happen. But I didn't think it was going to happen like that. I just thought it was going to be a good onside kick and we just wasn't going to get it. But it was something yeah. so simple and plain to where you just fall on the ball. And it was four or five other guys that we we're going to see in a second that could have just easily fell on the ball. And even Julio was kind of first line of defense and try to, you see that the guys in front of you are phasing out, backing up with the ball. To me, if I was in this position, I would have, you know, tried to bust through that first line and just try to at least dive on the ball, made it some type of competition, even try to knock it the ball out of bounds or something. Because, yeah. you know, in that type of situation, you see it's going 10 yards, you see they're backing up still. Like, he's the second line of defense. Like I said, it's not ideal for him to bust through, but it's something you just got to do something. But um, let me, I'm going to play these highlights real quick. The last little thing, I guess, we go through and before we look ahead, um, you know, for the next week. And I'll give my spiel on why I agree with Ryan that it's not time for us to, you know, hang up the season yet. I think y'all guys actually might have saved it. But um, let me play through these highlights real quick. Let you kind of maybe talk about like what you was feeling. Miserable for like the first 70. Let's go. Fumble number one. This was terrible. And shout him in my fantasy league, but I went in hand because I knew he was about to have a big year. Him and Russ have really been my saviors. I got Dak in the league too. That's why I was kind of glad, you know, I was like, he was really making me mad because as he started to come on, he got me like 39 points, I think. So yeah, I was Dak, like, all right, you can continue to score, but don't score too much so to win the game. Yeah, Dak's, Dak's really uh, he's a he's a big fantasy guy, honestly. Dak 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 is somebody you shouldn't yeah. be upset if you have him as your quarterback of fantasy, bro. Because like last yeah. year, we suck, but when you talk about being a fantasy owner, like mm-hmm. all you care is about stats. You don't really care whether the yeah. team win or lose. Yeah, I've had Dak a few years. I think I might have had him the first year. The, the, nice, nice throw back door. This was actually a really nice design play when they, you know, broke it down on TV. It was pretty nice. I didn't even, you know, realize he was blocking where he was blocking at or, you know, fake blocking where he was blocking at. But yeah, I've had Dak last two, three years, I want to say. I had him, I don't know if it was the year he came in instead of Romo or if it was the next year when he was, you know, officially the starter. But I've had him a few yeah. years and he always comes in clutch. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden Hurst is a beast. Now, I will say that, bro. Like, I thought y'all might have lost a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. a little downgrade from Austin Hooper to Aiden Hurst. Yeah, yeah. Aiden Hurst looked like he looked like the better guy. I mean, Austin Hooper yeah, took honestly. all that money to go to Cleveland, but like yeah, I, I'm really would... surprised that he was that good because he wasn't the best tight end on Baltimore. So I didn't know like yeah. him coming it to Atlanta, normal. he'd make such an impact. Like it was Mark Andrews. Exactly. Yeah, Mark Andrews is the big guy there, but yeah, they said he's. I don't know, top five. He's one of the faster tight ends in the league, and I didn't realize he had that much speed. But, you know, he's definitely just like Todd Gurley with him. Like, with him, it's probably just going to take him a little bit more time to get acclimated and just get up to football speed again, just like everybody in the league. But yeah, then, this form- you know, this a weird, this a weird offseason, and, and guys got to adjust mm-hmm. to no fans, bro. Like, like, this Dallas game was packed, like, for yep. the standard of I no fans, for us too. to have 20,000. Yeah, I was like twenty five percent. I was like, it looked like a little bit more than twenty five. They snicked some people yeah. in. Yeah, that game was packed. I'm not gonna lie. Like, but but guys, because that game was loud. Like that game was naturally loud. And then you mm-hmm. know they're they're inclimating the fan noise and things like that. The game was loud. It sounded like a sold out crowd. And that that's yeah, another exactly. thing. Jerry gonna make sure he get his money. And Jerry gonna bend the mm-hmm. rules. He ain't gonna break them, but he gonna bend them as far bend- as he possibly can. He ain't gonna break. Yeah, them. I about to say. He was bending because I was like, and I also was thinking like, I don't know if it's some type of uh, rule or whatever that's in place, but like, if you have fans that's there, are you still allowed to pump in the crowd noise or no? Because that's why I'm like, I don't I think don't y'all know. did. I mean, I just it's just a question that came about like me thinking about it, but I don't think y'all did. But it's just like, can you? Because that's like 
you said, just bending even more. It's like, all right, we got a little bit of fans and we're going to pump some crowd noise in. Perfect. So it makes yeah. it feel and sound like it's, you know, a sold out crowd. But that game, like, I, that's the one thing I noticed about the game. I said, man, for a lot of teams that have no fans, our game is pretty packed. So, uh, packed. yeah, you know, especially like Houston, the Texans have no fans at their stadium in the same state. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this mm-hmm. isn't really like a city law as much as this. It's state by state basis. So I'm surprised yeah. that we were able to have so many fans in Houston didn't. But, yeah. you know, hey, Jerry going to get his money. Jerry not losing no money. He going to get his money as much as possible. Exactly. He don't care. He don't care about mm-hmm. a pandemic. He, he gonna make sure mm-hmm. he get his money. <laughs> I, was like, I, don't, I don't fully blame him either. Like I said, it definitely sounded like a sold out crowd. And they kept showing a lot of people in the crowd as well. And I was like, that's a lot of, a There's lot a more lot people, people than I've seen. Even like you know, even with the opening game with Kansas City and them, it's like I could tell. I was like, all right, that's whatever type of percentage that they are allowed to have because they were super spread out. It's people at the top. People, they had like people, people at all like levels. Every like, really, ten really row, bro, out. like. Yeah, they were spacing. Yeah, exactly. Like, they spaced them. So I was like, yeah, we had a lot of people, bro. And and I don't know. I want, I'd want. i like to know the rule on having fans just because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, if we could put that many people in the stadium that Texas is like a red mm-hmm. state with all this coronavirus stuff, then then yeah. what's the excuse for some of these other teams not having any type of fans allowed, 10,000, yeah. 15,000? If we could put 20, 25,000 people in the stadium, then almost any exactly. team should be allowed to – you know what I'm saying? At least have mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 percent, 10, 15,000, whatever. Yep. Because yep. no it's fans like in us. football is way different, bro. Like like yeah. basketball, that's an AAU tournament. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like yeah. these that's guys fine, played yeah. in front of no fans or, or very minimal, you know, now that their families mm-hmm. are allowed. They they play you play pickup ball all the time. Like pickup football exactly. doesn't just happen on a daily basis. You go play pickup ball, the it's only here. people that's there. Is the guys on your team and the guys waiting next? So, so basketball is a little bit easier to adjust. With like football, I mean, unless their high school mm-hmm. suck, which most of these guys are in the <laughs> league, that, if their high school sucked, okay, but high school football would sell mm-hmm. out too, even even if your school was bad. So it's like yep. it's an adjustment to play like nothing. Like, and a lot of these guys mm-hmm. are from Power Five conferences, bro. That's you know that that's that's a lot. It's a lot to get used to, and only the second week, like. You can yeah. some guys build off the fans. It is what it is. A guy like Cam Newton, he's the guy like he yep. pleases the fans. He builds off the fans, and, and mm-hmm. that's okay because at the same time they're athletes, but they're also entertainers, bro. They they are yep. entertainers, bro. Yep, and they need that. Like you said it just juices them up, fuels them, you know, and that momentum that help that helps too. Like I said, it would have been interesting to see if you guys didn't have any fans and like how the momentum was able to swing at different parts in the game for y'all. Like I said, y'all scored them two touchdowns like back-to-back pretty quick. So it's like yeah, no and fans. Changes, and yeah, it changes the game. Changes the that's a game changer, bro. That, that's, yeah. That's a, like, that's I think a this is the one of the drives. Yep. This is one of the drives where y'all was driving downfield and y'all scored a touchdown pretty quick. And then after this, y'all scored it as well. And I just, I'm just now realizing I have so many Dallas guys on my fantasy teams. I got Dak. I got, I got like three different teams. I got Dak. I got a CD. I got a Mari. I got Zeke. Um, do I got Gallup? No, nah, I think I don't got Gallup this year. I had Gallup last year, but bro, I, only I definitely got a lot of y'all guys on my team. For me, I only have Amari. I got four different teams. I just traded for Amari before this Amari. week. He didn't play too bad. He didn't really have a Amari bad game. Like, yeah. If he could have added a touchdown to his performance, he would have been fine. Yeah, that's all I really needed. If he added the TD. Yep, I wouldn't ask for no more. But here goes the play he should have caught. Like I'm saying, it, it touched his hand. Dropped right in his hand. And then, like, your receiver throws you a right perfect in his hand. But somebody, bomb. Like, yeah, it was perfect. Like, we actually got receivers that can throw. Like I said, last year, Muhammad Sanu, I remember throwing it to him. And that was Muhammad Sanu, I think, the what the one that broke his uh little completion uh percentage because he was, like, perfect. Like, four or five touchdowns, perfect. You know, throwing percentage, and I think that's the one that broke it when Julio dropped yeah, it last know, year. Sanu, Sanu used to play quarterback in college. Quarterback, so. yep. Exactly. I kind of they said uh, actually, they said actually the guy that uh, what was his name Kane or something that threw it. They said he used to play quarterback. Gage. Yeah, yeah, I think he yeah. did as well. Yeah, it, it, they said he played quarterback in college. So I mean, yeah. that was a perfect pass. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like yeah. when I seen him it was, get it, it and sling it down the field, I said, oh. Yeah, oh, hell, it dropped bro. so perfect. That's why I was like, yeah, that's touchdown game over. Like, there were so many little opportunities to where we could have, you know, even stuff like this, was it? Is it 29-24? Yeah, 29-24. I was like, we, 
I think Mars down the field ended up scoring on this drive. Yeah, y'all ended up scoring, and that's when I said, okay, game's over. Like, yeah. Man, like, we made a little push. We couldn't get a stop. Yep. Game's over. Like, and then we should have intercepted that pass right there. That's what makes – like, if yeah, I start picking have. apart yeah. Dallas, my whole thing is, like, everybody's picking mm-hmm. apart Atlanta, but, like, pick mm-hmm. apart Dallas and, and, like, the dropped interception. Like, we ended up winning the game, so you're not really going – but all those mistakes in the beginning changes how the mm-hmm. changes the outcome of the game, bro. Like, yep. and, and nobody's factoring that because ultimately we came out on top. But like you said, on five top, fumbles, yeah. three lost in the in five minutes. Like, bro, that mm-hmm. can't happen. Like, especially with a team with yeah a playoff run in them. Like they they mm-hmm. a deep playoff run kind of conference championship aspirations, maybe even a Super Bowl mm-hmm. run. Like that's what they aspire to do. That's Kind of what they built this team for. That's what they brought Mike McCarthy in for. Do I think? Do I think we'll go yeah. to the Super Bowl? Probably not. But like, it's just that's the aspiration is like to make a deep playoff run, get get past the divisional round. You know, we always we've been we ain't well, not always. Let me change. But we've been past the wild card. <laughs> but like, get past the divisional round. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, that's kind of the next step. We we've got past we've got past the wild card. We had a first round bye. We've we, we haven't made it past the divisional round. So next is like, okay, let's get to the conference championship, baby steps. Then maybe, mm-hmm. okay, you start, okay, conference champions, improvement in off season, boom, we'll go to the Super Bowl. But I mean, our offense is Super Bowl worthy, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Like, I like our offense just as much as anybody else's in the league, but mm-hmm. our defense is horrible. Yeah. Bro. Like, our defense is it horrible. It definitely is. But yeah, I like our offense. Really I like the, the work. Yeah, I like Dak as my quarterback. Yeah, I'm okay with if we're in a shootout every game. I'm okay with the fact that Dak is my quarterback. I got Zeke, I got CD Lamb, Tony Pollard when he comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, Amari Gallup, Schultz dude actually is a pretty good tight end. You know, he got hurt, but he's yeah. actually a pretty good tight end. Like we got weapons everywhere, bro. I don't mind. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Even Noah Brown had a few big catches. You know, as our fourth mm-hmm. best wide receiver. So yeah. I don't mind our office is deadly, bro. Like like at hundred percent healthy and everything, our office could be very deadly. And we we have the potential to be just as good as the Ravens or Chiefs on the offensive side of the ball. But our defense, if it comes to shootouts, the only thing I'm scared of is we're not gonna make it comes down to one stop. Like this Ravens Chiefs game mm-hmm. next week is going like they're gonna make some stops here and there, but mm-hmm. but it's I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. This is gonna come down. Can your defense when you take that lead, can they hold them one time? And like I think both of those defenses are capable of making that stop. I just don't think the Cowboys are. Like we have to jump yeah. on an early lead and let somebody start coming back to where okay, mm-hmm. like they just ran out of time with us scoring points. But if we're going point for point, I think like ultimately we still might lose that game because we wouldn't have had to use, you know, some mir- miraculous onside kick or something like that. Mm-hmm. And even like that, bam, right here. Like y'all scored, but we stopped drawing the two point conversion. Like it was a lot of things that was happening. Y'all went for it on fourth down. We stopped y'all on fourth down. Y'all went for it. I think I threw one on fourth down earlier in the game too. Didn't catch it. It's like a bunch of on top of the fumbles, a bunch of mistakes that y'all made and like mishaps back. It's kind of like stuff y'all was doing that we did last week. Y'all did this week to where I was like, all right, capitalize. But you can just see we never fully capitalized and y'all just crept back, kept creeping back in, throwing it down the field, yanking it. Yeah, four, I think he had what four hundred fifty throwing yards. Yeah, um, Dak something yeah. like that. And like three, four touchdowns. So mm-hmm. it's like just Nickel and Diamond Bamp out. And th- at this point, at this point, we had a bunch of uh I know we had a bunch of backups in. Like I said, there was a few people that uh few people that got hurt. Our linebacker, like two of our linebackers, corners, and that's the thing too. I was talking about in the beginning of the year. I don't know if we talked about it on the show with you, but my main concern is our corners. That was a good ass catch too. Great catch. I really thought it was out of bounds. I thought the elbow hit out first, but it was a great, great catch. But my main concern, we have the same concerns. Uh, our corners, like, it's just who was going to capitalize, and y'all did. Stone, side kick, you guys scored, of course. So we called a timeout. I'm like, all right, don't know what we're talking about, but bam, bam. somebody said they thought it was going to fizzle out. I'm not too sure about that. I can kind of see what they meant by it's going to fizzle out, but I think they're going to show it again. You see Hayden Hurst back up. You see Zacchaeus back up. Julio was right there. That's what I was saying. He should have dove on it. Like he should have tried to break through the line. Should have tried to make some type of play happen. Like they're all kind of just standing around looking, you know, just dumb. Ultimately, like, bro, oh, they you ain't jump again. On the but ball. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what it takes. Is somebody wanting to go and get it? Is one person just wanting to go and get it? Like there's no way. 
I'm not going for a dent. Nobody know that you could get it before 10 yards. Like, you should know that at, honestly, peewee football level, like, that ever happens. You should, you know, you should learn that and know that as you go on. If, if you watch football in general, you've seen an onside kick at some point. So there's no way you you thought that you had to wait 10 yards. And like you said earlier, too, you thought y'all was going to smoke the kick. kick and I, I thought y'all was, too. But then I remembered. I was like, oh, Greg Zerlein is now your kicker. It's not – um. I forgot who got hired last year, but I had somebody. Uh, it's still – it was – it was – Who it was last year. It wasn't year, about having Zerlein for me, though. It was just about the Cowboys will be the Cowboys at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. and he would have fell to the jinx of being the Cowboys kicker mm-hmm. and missed. Big leg Greg would have missed because – He's got a yeah. cowboy star on his head I, now, and that's just what we do. We march all the way down there, get get all the way to that point where if you make this field goal, you win the game, and you miss. Like that's that that happens. For me, I was thinking it might possibly be like say the kicking situation, but I forgot. Like I said, it was Greg Zerline, and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be automatic from wherever they get the ball to, and if it's somewhere in the fifty yard range, they're gonna make it. And I, I personally, I sat there, I sat in my bed all the way until Sunday night football came on, you know, just reading everybody's tweets, you know, us getting clowned, you know, trying to wait on media to tell me what, you know, Julio, Matt Ryan, Dan Quinn has to say. And I'm just sitting there like just dumbfounded. Like, I think I tweeted a few, a few things I tweeted. I was like, I didn't even feel real. Like, I really felt like I was floating. Like, it wasn't even like something that had just happened that occurred. Like, I literally was just like in, just, in existence, just in the air, just like holding my phone. I was like, no, bro, that didn't just happen. That didn't just happen. But obviously it happened. It happened again. And I get to continue to see these 20 zeros compared to the 28 three, you know, comeback losses now. But I wanted to, before we, you know, get off, I kind of wanted to look ahead to a few things. Um, you kind of already said it, but what this win might do for you guys and where you kind of foresee, you know, the Cowboys going. And then I'll, you know, talk a little bit about why I think this was a why you guys helped save our season you know uh, in a sense yeah I don't want to overreact um sloppy win we got the W uh I don't know it's like part of me wants to bring the real cowboy fan which is why everybody hates us and just say yeah this is gonna be the start but like I'm realistic when it comes to my cowboys and I just I don't want to get too excited over a win that we took, like got lucky and took. Like we didn't mm-hmm. really deserve that win. We didn't earn that win. There's nothing like, there's not really moments in the game where we played great and you're like, yeah, yeah, we just, we, we going to get to mm-hmm. marching. Um, I think our biggest hope is the whole NFC East sucks. Uh, everybody <laughs> in the NFC East sucks. So yeah, everybody. I think we'll, I think this year we'll actually, I think we'll come out on top as actually mm-hmm. being the best of the worst division. And I'm okay with that. Sometimes we, if we get to rolling and that just becomes, well, you're the best in the worst division. Hey, well, you know, well, I don't care what everybody say all year about Dallas and y'all the best of the worst division. That's fine. The NFC East is terrible. I get it. You know, the AFC, the Patriots were this for the longest dealing with the Jets, Bills and Dolphins. So I really don't want to hear about the worst division, best of the worst division, even though the Patriots were turning in the Super Bowls because they showed what they got when they matched up against those top teams. So mm-hmm. I just, I, Looking ahead, bro, is like I want to take it week by week with Dallas. I, I don't want to take too much away from victories. I don't want to take too much from losses unless we start piling up a lot of W's in a W column or we start piling up a lot of L's in a loss column. Then, you know, I'll start mm-hmm. kind of going one way or the other. I'm just on the fence. Hold it, hold. Let's take it week by week. Um, Our schedule isn't that tough. We got some hitters on there. You know, we got yeah. the Rams out the way. Uh, Falcons were actually one of the tougher teams on schedule. We got the Ravens mm-hmm. later in the season. Um, so I don't, we got the Steelers, the Browns, uh, the Browns are bums, but we got the Steelers, we got the Ravens, like we got some games where like, you know, but overall we got, we, we have not played a division. Uh, we haven't played nobody in the division yet. So we got the Eagles twice. We might go six and no in our division. If we could go eight and eight, so we could pull off another victory from somewhere. We got one. If we could go six. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I completely agree that you guys are probably definitely going six and zero in your, in your, in the, uh, in the division because Saquon out now. They'll probably eventually, you know, find some type of running back, some, some type of backup. I think they'll probably end up signing Devontae Freeman. Honestly, he made a trip up there, and that'll be, I guess, great for them. I mean, it's not the same as you know having Saquon, but it definitely gives you a viable back that's versatile. Um, but even with right. that, their defense is trash. Um. Offense needs work. Danny Dimes isn't. I mean, he's 
I don't know. I just got mixed feelings about him right now. He, he's not playing that great turnover machine in my eyes. Um, and then, like you said, Eagles are trash. They still they have no wide receivers. And uh, Washington, defense is playing a lot better. Defensive line playing a lot better, but they just got smoked this past weekend. So, yeah, you know, who knows? They're probably up in the air, you know, up and down each and every week. Division, you're getting to the playoffs. It just depends on that spot and that seating where y'all, you guys fall in, fall in line, you know, in the heavy, you know, stouted NFC in general. So, like with us, I think I had, what did y'all have going on? I don't know if it was 11 and 5 or 10 and 6. That was my prediction, somewhere in there. Um, but for us, I'm going to speak to my guy, Ryan. Like you said, we got 14 games left. And that's why I kind of had to remind myself Monday morning that we have 14 games left. And how I predicted, I predicted us going 11 and 5. And what I predicted, predicted was we're going to lose the first game because we always lose to Seattle. Or it's always a close game, but the last few years we've been losing to Seattle. And then I was like, we'll win the Cowboys game. Like, I feel like some way, somehow, we'll win the Cowboys game. Um, and obviously, you saw it should have happened. But we didn't. And we're now 0-2. But there's no really reason to panic. And like I said, I saved our season because how I see it is, I felt like if we would have won this game and, you know, continue through it melodically like we did and y'all weren't able to find a way to pull it out and come back like y'all did, we would have melodically walked through next week when we played the Bears, which is a team we should beat as well. With Mr. Trubisky still quarterback in that team, that's the team that we should beat. But I felt like if we walk into that, we lose that game because we think we're kind of like on a high horse. Like we blew you guys out, blew the Cowboys out, probably going to lose to uh, the Bears. And then after that, we played the Packers. So I was like, all right, that's another loss. So instead, of, we're going to be one and three. And we could still very well be one and three at the end of week four. But because I the games I had us losing was to Seattle, to the Packers. We're splitting with the Saints and Bucks. And then we lose to the Chiefs towards the end of the year. So those are the five games I had us losing. Besides that, the rest of our schedule is pretty easy. I was going to say we were going to lose to the Vikings and maybe go 10-6, but the Vikings this year have been looking pretty bad. They've had a lot of key injuries on defense. Kirk Cousins hasn't been playing as great as Kirk Cousins has been playing, I guess, in the past. So I was like, all right. that And we always lose to the Vikings, but I was like, all right, that's a game we could probably steal because I think we played that one at home instead of playing away. Yeah. And then um, we play the Raiders. We play the Chargers. Chargers actually looked pretty good yesterday, but – like we played the Raiders and the Raiders too. Actually, they beat the Saints. So I might need to start worrying about those teams a little bit. But at first, I wasn't worried about them because I was like, we play the Vikings, we play the Chargers, play the Raiders, we play um one more out of the team that I can't even remember. Uh, oh, we played Carolina twice. We always we've been beating Carolina for the last two, three or last three, four years um, consecutively. So I was like, all right, we can still very much pull out this eleven to five. But this loss definitely opened up a lot of eyes. Maybe play calling gets better and more aggressive in ways that needs to be aggressive. Like I said, feeding Todd Gurley the ball with runs that he's able, you know, capable of making some type of play out of, but more aggressive throwing the ball downfield and defensively we tighten up. Um, Somehow, some way the secondary just earned another week. Like they're just going to have to, my only hope is we just get better week by week. You know, we're going to be facing a lot of good receivers in the league this year. So they just have to continue to get better week by week. But if our front seven continues to be strong and creates pressure, then we should be fine to, once we get towards down the, you know, towards the end of the season where we actually, you know, play the Saints and Bucks twice and the Chiefs. So yeah, very much so. I feel like this win was a wake up call. There's been a lot of losses that have like, people mark as a wake up call, but I think this one specifically does because Dan Quinn, as we know, is already on the hot seat. He was on the hot seat coming in this year. This type of loss like this, everyone has been calling for his head to be fired. So you know, yes, he's been pissed off and you know has had wake up calls in the past, but I think this one. Probably hits a little differently um, yeah. than a lot of other ones, especially the type of year that we're having in general. So I think now we don't walk into next week and possibly lose to the Bears. We win the we beat the Bears. We probably play the Packers close, but still probably lose to them because we're playing in you know, Green Bay. But from there on out, we should start piling up some wins. We play Carolina without Christian McCaffrey, I think, right after that Green Bay game. Uh, and possibly play them again because we play them like two weeks later. He might not be back then either. So we got to take advantage of that, take advantage of a rookie coach and a young um, quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. And like I said, still not too worried, honestly, even though they put out a nice win last night about the Raiders or Chargers. Um, and Vikings, like I said, they started out 0-2 and haven't been that great either. So we still have a very great chance of going 11-5, maybe 10-6 and pushing for that, pushing for some type of wild card spot. Because thinking about it too, nobody in our division is up two, three games on this. It's still early. Everybody, exactly. The Saints and the Bucks are one-one. Us and the us and Carolina are zero-two. So there's really no 
real reason to panic, but as everybody just as a Falcons fan, it's like a shock to have seen like what unfolded and just just have that feeling like this could be our season. It just you know continues like games continue to happen in this type of you know way and fashion. But they're exactly. pros, they're pros, you know, they're coaches and they're in positions they're in positions they're in the position that they're in for a reason. We trusted Dan Quinn with another year. So I feel like they're gonna get it right. Like I said, we don't cakewalk through the next few games. Like I said, we could still very much come out one and three, but I feel like it'll be a more woke one and three if we do, you know, end up losing to the Packers. But I do foresee yeah. us we gotta bounce back and beat the beat the Bears at home. Um even with no fans. I don't think we're gonna even have able to have fans to October eleventh. But I think, you know, guys definitely woke us up and hopefully, you know, it shows within the next couple of weeks. Right. But um yeah, man. Uh love appreciate you again for coming on. Appreciate you again for you didn't clown me too too much about my Falcons, but you know, I'm glad you're probably one of the only Cowboy fans of course that I truly like and respect because you're not, you know, super loud, you're not super obnoxious, you know your stuff, you know your football, you know your team and you're realistic at all times. So definitely appreciate you for having on for having you on, for coming on. Appreciate you for being back. Like I said, definitely looking forward to some future show, shows with you as well. Oh yeah, and on yeah. Of sports. I know you're excited as well, man. Yeah, um, and, yeah. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate yeah. you for having me on, bro. I'm I'm glad to be back. You know what I'm saying? I'll be back for a few more months before I go mm-hmm. out for a week here and there. But yeah. I'm just glad to be back. Glad to be back working with y'all. You know, uh, yeah. even when I've been busy, I've been able to check all y'all stuff exactly. out, watch it, things like that. But you know, now that we're gonna be back working, hell, this is the first of. As of right yeah. now, three set up live shows today. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're gonna be on one. Yeah, I'll probably of, be of on the Josh. next two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so like, this is the first of possibly. Yeah, this is the first of possibly three, three live shows, depending on how my connections mm-hmm. go. So, like I said, I appreciate you having me on. We gonna continue to work, keep grinding. Off the ball network is still gonna mm-hmm. we, we we gonna make it. We gonna do some big things. Of course, I'm telling you, everybody, just stick with us. So exactly, exactly. Appreciate you again. Um, I'm a def- I forgot. We're both LeBron guys too. I'll have you on for it. We're gonna try to get a show together, put together next week when they uh officially go to the uh NBA finals against whoever they Most play. definitely. I'm definitely down for that. You know, yes, sir, yes, sir. All right, man. Appreciate you guys again. This is the first episode of Atlanta Falcons Fly Through. Appreciate my guy Mo Flames for coming on. And um we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.